0: Welcome to the Bridge to God's Word podcast with Carla Unseth, a linguistic consultant for missionaries working in Bible translation. We invite you to visit us at www.bridgetogodsword.org to learn more about Carla's ministry. Now, here's linguistic consultant Carla Unseth. Hi, this is Carla Unseth with Building a Bridge to God's Word. Thanks for joining me. For the first few episodes of my podcast, I've been talking about the process of translation. So for the first episode, I gave an overview of the whole process. Um, Then I talked about linguistics, and after that, drafting. And today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the next step, which is checking. So there's actually a lot of checking that goes on in the process. The team first does a check together to make sure that it's accurate according to the Bible, and then they also do what's called a comprehension check, which is when they actually go out to people who speak the language and um, check to make sure that it's clear and that it sounds natural in their language. So I'm going to talk to you actually mostly about the comprehension checking process just because it's a really interesting part of the process. So there's many ways to do comprehension checking. Sometimes they check with individual people. Sometimes they check with groups. But one of the ways that I've seen it done in Africa in the experience that I've had there is when they have a group together and everyone gathers under a tree. They put out benches or chairs and everyone gathers together. And then the story or passage is read. And then the translation team asks questions about the story to the group. So the answers help the team to know how well the listeners understood the story. So there's kind of two levels of meaning that the team wants to get to with their questions. And the first is just a basic chronological understanding of the story. What happened in the story itself? But then the second level is a level of deeper understanding, deeper meaning of the words that are being used and then also the story itself. What was the point of the story? So I'm going to give you an example of some of the questions that you might ask to get at that chronological order using the story of David and Goliath as an example. So um, here's some questions that the translator might ask and then the answers that the listeners to the story might give. So the translator asks, what was happening at the beginning of the story? And the listeners say, there was fighting or there was a war. Translator asks, where was David at the beginning? He was at home. Then the translator asks, what happened that he got involved in the fighting? His father sent him to take some food to his brothers. So what was happening when David first got there? And the respondent says, the big giant was yelling. And the translator asks, what did David say about that? Well, David said they should fight him. Then the translator asks, so what happened? Well, David went to fight him. And the translator asks, how did he do that? And the respondent says, he used his slingshot and he hit him with a rock. So what did he do after that? Well, David took the giant's sword and cut off his head. And then the, the translator might ask, what happened after that? Well, David's people chased the other, the other tribe away. So you can kind of see from these questions that one of the big things is that the translator doesn't want to lead the person to the answer. So you can't give them any information that you haven't asked about already. So a lot of the times the questions end up being something like, so then what happened next? Or um, what was the result of that? To kind of get them to retell the story in their own words. So after asking these basic questions about comprehending the story, the translator might want to get into the questions about the deeper meaning. So for example, if they're looking at the meaning of specific words, one word in this story that might be confusing is the word giant. They would want to check and make sure that people understand what a giant is. So they might ask a question like, what's the difference between a giant and a big man? So this can get the understanding of if the people know what a giant is, what that word means. So you also might want to get to more like theological understanding and theological issues. So a question like that might be, what do you think the Philistines thought about David's God after he killed the giant? So you're getting an opinion, you're getting their opinion, but this shows kind of their underlying understanding of who God is and his role in the story. And, of course, there's many more questions that could be asked about this particular story. But what's so exciting about the process is that you really get a deeper understanding of the culture you're working with. You begin to hear some of their underlying assumptions about life, which leads to deeper relationships, leads to better ways to share Christ, and, of course, it also leads to a more accurate Bible translation. So I just want to share with you a quick story. This story comes from Pioneer Bible Translators' website. If you go to pioneerbible.org, to the article section and the article called Weaving Words, you can read this full story. But this is a story about a translator named Grace who is working with the Kosuma culture. And they were doing a review, and it says... I'll just read to you a little bit from from this article. It says, Later, when the reviewers were reading through the story of the beheading of John the Baptist in Mark 6, they became very quiet. Eventually, Grace broke the silence by asking, Why did Herod want John the Baptist's head brought to the party on a plate? The reviewers looked at each other, obviously uncomfortable. Finally, one man worked up the courage to answer, His relatives were there. They wanted to look him in the eye before they buried him, but they didn't want to go to the prison, so they had the head brought. Grace sat for a moment, considering how to respond. Before she could decide, a woman spoke up. You are afraid of what the missionary will think of you if you tell her the real reason they brought the head. Turning toward Grace, she continued, John was a great prophet with spiritual power. They were obviously bringing the head so that they could put it in a glass box and worship it. Grace's eyes widened. She smiled and affirmed the woman who had voiced her opinion, and then explained that bringing in the head was to prove immediately to Herod's wife that John was dead, and to intimidate all who had witnessed the gruesome spectacle. Then she decided she would add a footnote with a brief explanation when it came time to publish the book. When the comprehension check was finished, Grace wrote to her supporters, relating what the woman had said, and adding, "'I certainly was not expecting that answer,' But her response was invaluable because it revealed a traditional belief and practice of the Kosuma culture. People of her generation would have read or heard this passage and interpreted it in light of their own traditional culture. And how often do we do the same thing? So I think this is a very interesting story because it just shows some of those underlying assumptions. And Grace, as the translator here, is learning herself what underlying assumptions she's going to have to deal with as she translates the Bible and then also as she teaches the gospel and helps to build the church. So that's all for this time. Thank you for listening to Bridge to God's Word. The next step in the translation process is consulting, doing a consultant check. And that's the part that I will be doing. So I'll be talking a little bit more about the consultant check on my next podcast, so I hope you can join me then. In the meantime, if you have any questions or um, any comments about what you heard today, feel free to send me a message through my website, which is www.bridgetogodsword.org. Thank you for listening to Bridge to God's Word, and I'll see you next time.